Praise God. Let's just take a minute to pray for the ministry, the ministry that you have just heard about. Let's pray for our pastor, his team. We are quite comfortable where we are. But there, are, there is a world out there that is longing for Christ. There is a world out there that's hungry, that's thirsty. We might not feel it very often, but if you go down to those places, you will certainly see right across the world that there is a whole world out there which does not know Christ. We are scared to utter the word of Christ. There are people waiting to hear the word of Christ. Right? Let's just uh, stretch out our hands and thank God for people like Pastor who are prepared to go out into these rural areas, into these villages, to talk to the people. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for Pastor. We thank you for his team. We thank you for the vision that you had given him, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to empower him, protect him and his team, provide for them, Lord Father. Give them wisdom. Give them words of encouragement, Lord Father. And Father God, even when they get turned out, I pray, Lord, that you will give them the perseverance to go on, Lord Father. Father God, they are doing what you have asked them to do, which is go and preach. Father God, we thank you for men of God like, like them, Lord Father. And we ask, Lord, that you continue to empower them and lead them. We commit them into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let me tell you a story that happened a few years back. It was in the days when photographs were taken with roll films. Now, some of you may know what this is, roll films. Do you know what it is? Okay, it's not the days of the digital camera. It was before the days of the digital camera. So this was uh, something that happened in the home of a very rich aristocratic family. It was November 15th, and that was the day when traditionally that family got together to take its annual photograph. And after they took that annual photograph, they would put it on their Christmas cards. And on December 1st, the Christmas cards would be posted out to many people they knew, and sometimes even to people they did not know. This was an annual ritual in that family. And the photograph was always taken with the Christmas manger scene. Now you can probably imagine that scene. The aristocratic head of the family, his proud wife, the children, the grandchildren, maybe the family dogs, the statues of the shepherds, the wise men, a statue of Joseph, Mary, Baby Jesus in a manger. You know, that almost completes the picture. Maybe a few sheep here and there. A couple of donkeys. You know, that completes the picture. And then there would be the positioning. The photographer would come and he would look at the lighting and decide that this is the best position. And then he would keep the people in that position. That's going to happen in about 15 minutes time. Uh, you know. We don't have the manger, that's the only difference. Okay, so you would find that the photographer, an expert photographer would come there and uh, position the people correctly and then go and check the lighting. They had light meters, 
to check the lighting. And then he would say, no, I need to change position, change the manger a little bit, move people around. You know, those things happen. And at the end of it, he would always make sure, of course, that the head of the family and his wife would be in the center of that picture. Now, you get the picture, don't you? Now, maybe some of you have stood in such pictures. I don't know. Maybe it was the custom in your family to have an annual Christmas photograph. And maybe you have stood in such photographs. Maybe the sheep was not there or the donkey, but the rest of the people were there. And maybe you thought that there would come a day in the near future when I would be in the center of that picture. I would be the head of the family. I don't know. Maybe that's true. Well, anyway, let's get back to our photographs now. So that particular year, everyone was ready for the photo and the chief photographer clicked a dozen snaps, different angles, different positions, different lighting combinations. He did everything and then he knew that he would pick one of those photographs which would represent the family in that year's Christmas card. So this was done and then the photographer took his camera with the films and went to his studio to process the films. Uh, and as he processed the films and got the pictures out, he started looking at each one of them. Because he had to choose the best and then hand that over to the head of the family. And as he looked at each one, he became frantic. He looked at the first picture, he looked at the second picture, he looked at the third picture, and he became more and more frantic. He looked at all the pictures. And then he sank to his feet, his head in his hands. He knew that he was in big, big trouble. You see, in every photo, where everything was so beautiful, the positioning was so nice, the background was fantastic, the lighting was perfect, but there was something missing. In every photo, the manger was empty. Can you imagine that Jesus was missing from the photographs? Can you imagine a Christmas card where Jesus is not there? And the photographer knew that he had made a big, big mistake. The pictures were worthless without Jesus in them. Everything he had done was useless if Jesus was not in it. In a few minutes, we are going to take our photographs. Now, these are not annual photographs. We don't do this every year. But these are our memorial markers. Our physical evidence of God's goodness in our lives. Now, if we think that these photographs are meant to make us look good or great, we are making a big, big mistake. It's not about us. You see, these photographs are meant to help us remember that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is the head of this church. These photos are to remind us and future generations that God 
who established this church is still the God in charge. And it is God who will always be glorified in this church. Men and women like you and me, we come and we go. People like you and me, we come, we serve as God directs, and then we go. God owns this place. He directs everything here. He produces everything here. He is here all the time. This is his church. And we should not forget that. You and I come on God's cue. When God says come, we come. And when God says it's time to go, we go. The church doesn't close. The church goes on. Because God is in charge. And that's something that we need to remember. We need to always remember that God should not be removed from the center of anything that concerns us. Be it in this church, be it in our home, be it in our personal lives. We can't afford to remove God from the center. And in Jesus' name, he shall never be removed from our lives. So will you turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. And let's just read a couple of verses. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And therefore, the title of today's very brief exhortation is simply Memorial Markers. What are memorial markers? What do we mean by this word memorial markers? Or sometimes it's called physical markers. These are reminders of someone's experience with God. At the crossing of the river Jordan, the twelve tribes set up a pile of stones as a reminder of what God had done for the people. And the fathers had the responsibility of passing on these stories to their children so that they would always remember that there is a God who cares for them. In years to come, 
as you look back on the photos that are taken today, and as you see the church and your friends, you will be reminded of God's goodness in your lives. As you tell your children and your grandchildren stories of this day and of this season, you are reminding your children and your grandchildren that there is a God who cares for you and for them, irrespective of what the world has to say. And as you develop a spiritual, a spiritual inventory of stories of how God moves you from the miry clay to solid rock, from poverty to prosperity, from times of sadness to times of happiness, from times of defeat to times of success, lay down your memorial markers. Write them down. Photograph them. Picture them. Put them down. That's scriptural. God said, what I have done, lay them down as a marker so that you can tell it to your children. You see, they help you to recognize moments of God's movement in the past as he helps you move into the present and later into the future. It tells you that throughout your life, God is there. He's never forsaken you, he's never left you. So why are memorial markers important? I have four reasons which I shall mention very fast. Number one, memorial markers are for our children. Joshua chapter 4, verses 21 to 23. Then he, Joshua, spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. So memorial markers are for your children. Let your children know that they serve a living God, just like as their parents serve a living God. We need to make sure that they learn to love this living God. They need to learn to serve this living God. They need to learn that it is this living God who has brought them thus far. You need to lay down memorial markers. You need to tell them what God has done in your life. It's not about telling your children what God has done in somebody else's life. It's not taking testimonies of other people and passing it on to your children and saying, this is what God does. It's telling your children what God has done in your life. Let them realize that the God who is there in the other people's lives is also there in your life. It's God who's taken you from miry clay. It's God who's taken you from poverty, kept placed you on solid ground. It's God who's placed you in times of prosperity. It's God who's moved you from times of sadness to times of joy and fulfillment. Let not our children take it for granted that this is their, this is something that's just fallen out of heaven. 
It has not fallen out of heaven. It has happened because God has willed it in your life. And you need to record that. Record your testimonies somewhere. Lay down a memorial marker. Number two, why are memorial markers important? Memorial markers are for a watching world. Joshua chapter 4 verse 24a, the first part. That all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. That all the people of the world may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. Let the world around you know that you serve a God who is mighty and strong. He is not a man-made God. A God with ears that cannot hear. A God with eyes that cannot see. A God with hands that cannot comfort. A God with feet that cannot walk where you walk. But let them see that you have a God who is there with you all the time. And because he is a living God, because he is a mighty God, you are a mighty warrior. Let the watching world see that. Let them not see you and me as some insipid person. Incapable of doing anything. That's what the world is thinking about Christians today. They think that we are all talk, hot air, and no action. But that's not what you need to be. You have a God who is mighty. You have a God who split the water so that people can walk on dry land. You and I need to show that we have a God who is mighty and we are mighty because of Him. We need to stand tall. Show that to the world. Let the world watch that. Number three. Memorial markers are for you and for me. Joshua chapter 4. Verse 24, the second part. That you may fear the Lord your God forever. You see, don't ever forget what the Lord has done in your life. Don't ever assume that your success today is because of your talents, your intelligence, your stature, your abilities. Remember that all these traits are from God. God put it in you for a purpose. Talk to God. Search His word. And accomplish that which you must accomplish. That he wants you to accomplish. But remember, as you do that, write down your markers. Because they remind you that you are where you are today. You are who you are today. You are the big person that you are today. Not because of what you have done. But because of the God you serve. Number four, that will be my final point. Memorial markers are for your enemies. Joshua chapter 5, verse 1. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their heart melted there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. Let your enemies see that there is no profit for them in chasing you. Let them see that they are putting themselves in a fearful situation when they trouble you. Let your enemies see that no obstacle can stop you because you serve the one and only living God. Let your memorial markers also remind you that you have nothing 
to fear from men around you. Rather, let those men recognize who you are and let them fear. Maybe, maybe, someday, those very men will make your God their God. Let me just end right now by asking you one simple question. Are you laying down your memorial markers? We have technology at our fingertips. But all I see in technology is all of us have become postmen. You know what the postman does? Collects a letter from one person and passes it on to another person. That's what our technology has made us. The same stories that have been in revolution for the last five years are still revolving. The same testimonies that came from different parts of the world are still there. I don't see your testimonies in it. That's what we need to see. It's not about collecting a hundred thousand testimonies, fantastic testimonies of people right around the world and then passing it on to another hundred thousand people. It can reach the seven billion population of the world. It makes no difference. What you need to see is your testimony. That's personal. You need to say, this is what God has done in my life. God can do it in your life. Let your children see that. Let your children start recognizing that in their dad, in their mom, is a man, a woman of God. And God has worked in them. Let others see, let the whole world see that this is not a person to be played about with. They have a God who is mightier than the whole world. You recognize for yourself who you are in Christ. I leave you with these thoughts. Now, I don't want you to come up here with grumpy faces now that I have spoken, which usually happens when I speak. Okay. Now I need to see the smiles back again. Okay. People have said that I've got a wrong name. My name is Leslie Smiles, but I don't make you smile. Okay, now let's get the smiles back again, because in our photographs, we can't afford to do it again next week with good smiles. Here we are. Church, let's pray. Father God, we just want to say thank you, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord, for telling us that there are memorial markers that need to be laid down. You told your people that they need to record for posterity what you have done in their lives. That their children and their children's children may know every good deed you have done, Lord. How you have taken them from difficult situations, overcoming all kinds of barriers, and brought, bringing them to a land of milk and honey. Father God, we ask that today, every one of us is able to record our own testimonies, Lord Father. Write down our memorial markers, Lord Father, of every event that has happened in our life, Lord Father, that you will be glorified through it all, Lord Father. Father God, it's not about us writing about ourselves, but it's writing so that you will be glorified, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you, we give all glory to you, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.